before I learned to speak in accent. <laughs> and throughout the years, I got very fluent in the Scot. But I was a silent speaker of Niska till I was 21. So maybe one of your classes, I'll come down and let you know the story of when I came out <laughs> amongst the Niska that I was more fluent than most of them. The other one is, it's, it's about a hundred years ago when a number of us went to school upstairs. We were, in, we were in grade one upstairs. So it's kind of neat that this house of worship is again also a house of Solaxa, a house of learning. I remember first day of school here, my grandfather's niece Daw, Sam Wesley, he was a carpenter also. He built two outhouses here, one for the boys and one for the girls. And first day of school, the late Clarence Milton grabbed somebody's hat and threw it, threw it down a hole in the toilet. <laughs> and their teacher, her name was Mrs. Polgard. And her husband was the teacher and principal of the day school where the health center is now. And Mrs. Polgard was a very wonderful teacher. There was no uh, kindergarten at that time, around here anyway, let alone nursery. So this place started a lot of us off to our path in education. I don't know if you were here, Winnie. Did you start here too? Yes. Yeah. The late Richard Howard, I remember. And Clarence Milton. And Clarence, late Clarence Milton, he, very rambunctious. He, he liked to cause a lot of problems. But he loved doing it. <laughs> The other is uh, a couple of you mentioned residential school. 56-57 was when I uh, first went to Edmonton Residential School. So a little brother, Tom. The United <coughs> Church Minister today and the Indian agent of the day they told my parents that that was a, re a real good place to go for your education. My parents and grandparents, Katie and his parents, they were very, very strong in Christianity and spirituality. So I was very strong as an 11-year-old, as a Christian, 
within <clears throat> two weeks of being in Edmonton, I lost my Christianity. I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't hear anything out of the principal's mouth, who was a reverend, United Church reverend. I didn't hear anything out of his mouth or his teaching, and he was also the administrator and very mean, that, that resembled Christianity. So it was over 50 years later that I was <coughs> invited by the late Charlotte Sullivan, we Robble, Sidham Nat We Robble, gave me a phone call November two thousand February two thousand and four to become a member of the Vancouver School of Theology. So he urged me on. And I kept telling her, I'm enjoying my heathenism. You know, this is all in good sense, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually, she says to me, Nish not. Listen to Lomaka Luen. Hokshnein is board of directors of Vancouver School of Theology. So she said, my chief name, Nice Noth. I have already put your name in. You're already a board member of the School of Theology. But the res again, back to the residential school, I, we came home in June, and, I, and it was very hard on my brother, Tom. In residential school, you have three companions. Hunger, fear, and loneliness. There'll be over a hundred of you in the school, 200 when I was there in 56, 57. But those three are always there. So, <clears throat> In 59-60, I was 13, and the Indian agent gave me three choices. Go back to Edmonton Residential School for grade 9, or go to Alberni Residential School, which I didn't want to go to because Alberni already had very, very bad reputation, or drop out of school 13 years old. So I went back to Edmonton because it was important to get my grade 12. So a lot of us would get on the train in Prince Rupert and the three canneries, Port Ed, NP, Sunnyside, and Cassier, four canneries. Then the next stop was uh, Terrace. Then the last main stop was New Hazleton. And that year, two little boys 
go down the drain. And when they got on, I got them to sit with me. And when I learned their names, I knew who they were. I knew the, the father, because the father worked with her dad and Arthur Howard who ran a pole and logging camp just above the village here. There were Rod Moore, Herb Moore, and they were very, very fluent in Gidixen. And at that time, they're, you know, little boys. So I mentored them. Then when we got to Edmonton, I got, I got them together and I told them, we're not allowed to speak our language here. You get in trouble. But three of us, uh, three of us, we'll, we'll use our language when we're by ourselves, where nobody can hear us. Don't speak your language in front of other Gitxan students. Because in residential school, it's an institution an institution. It's like a jail in, in one respect. Because other students hear you speaking your language, they'll squeal. They'll squeal on the, to the supervisor or to the principal. And that's when you'd get strapped. So we had a little pack. The three of us when we're alone, we, we'll speak your sin. And we did that every year till I graduated. And they came, they graduated a year or two after me. So, tonight, listen to you people working and speaking. It's very joyful because Sally and I have a, we've always confessed why we didn't teach Cindy and Clarence the language. Because when they were coming up, we thought it was more important for them to learn French along with their English, you know, because that that is the way you can get a lot of jobs in, in government and corporations by English and French. But I'm glad that they listen to their grannies. And that's who a lot of us learn our language from. It's our grannies and grandfathers. So Again, economic with this and ours loss of Mgala Logan Gonskson Mgala Logan Gonskson was about as a signal. <laughs> <laughs>